Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And it is another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast, the amazing, dope bartending interview podcast in these streets. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can do that. Uh, we are at openbartalk at gmail.com. Open Bar Talk on all social media is a place to get a hold of the show. Uh, if you want to know who I am, I am Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. All social media at Jim Search. I believe in branding. That's how the world works, right? Uh, now, other thing very important is uh, rate, review, subscribe to this show. Uh, it is very important for y'all to click the subscribe button. It takes you 30 fucking seconds, less than that even. I, I don't know how your fingers work. Maybe it takes 30 seconds. Who knows? But either way, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about it. Uh, you know, we really, really love doing this show. And I'm very excited to have uh, the guest on is a uh, fellow Binghamtonian, which makes this one extra special for me. Oh yeah, uh, he is a of uh, a I would say a Renaissance man, uh, as uh, as you uh, were saying before. I yeah. just want to I just want to do things so I don't have a regular job. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say that from your painting game is impressive. You are one of the funniest dudes I've seen coming out of Binghamton, and uh, I mean we've been on many uh, many a comedy shows over the years. Oh yeah, and uh, you you're a killer, dude, and I'm happy. Well, you- you know, I just passed, uh, I think it was one of the first shows we ever did together. It was at the uh, the Wise Ash Lounge in Endicott. That's right. That's um, right. <clears throat> I just passed that place. It was shuttered, thankfully. But um, <laughs> and I got, I, <laughs> I, was with, uh, I was with this girl I just started dating. And um, I'm telling her the story of, of that place because she lives just a stone's throw from there. Right. And um, <clears throat> I was telling her about the owner who was that that greasy little goomba that um he fucking he showed me his gun for some reason i don't think he was trying to like flex nuts on me i think he just wanted me to know that he felt he was a badass right and, right right <laughs> and uh that poor bartender the just i don't know you could see that she owed him money or something and that's why she was working there because she <laughs> she didn't want to fucking be there at all you know <laughs> you could just you could tell with some places the like especially those hole in the wall shows where like you're not really sure what's going to go down you show up anyway right someone promised you you got drink tickets fuck it you know it's tuesday you're not going to spend your own money on booze and um yeah man she was just uh god i felt so bad for it but yeah those were the dog days man um Mm -hmm. you know and it's been (sighs) well well over a year i haven't i haven't done stand-up in a long time um I moved on to other shit and um that, I don't know, there there's this special place in my heart I hold for. Like, you know, year one, two, three shit. Oh, for like sure. the early, early days of it where you're learning all the hard shit. Which you have to, you know, I think a lot of comics um in bigger cities, especially like huge metropolitan areas that just already have a built in comedy scene. They don't have to worry about setting up their own shows unless they want to try to fuck attractive female comedians. Um, you know, they don't, they they don't know that there's some dog ass fucking scenes out there that really sharpen your teeth up a bit, man. You know, I think, uh, being where I'm from and having to do things the way I had to do them just so there was a a stage available. I learned invaluable shit, you know, coming up, um, you know, in these little scenes and stuff, it's, it's something I would recommend to every comic, you know, don't just run to New York or LA. You're going to get chewed up and spit out, you know, go to fucking Binghamton. Go to, uh, you know, go to the middle of nowhere and do stand-up. People appreciate it more, and you're going to learn what you're made of pretty fucking quick. And also, you know, then uh, I'll say this really quick, is that, like, becoming funny is the best part. Like, getting good at it, like, that process is so much fun. Because, like, I mean, look, you know, you look at, like, your first couple throws at it, and you're like, wow, this sucks. And then, like, the second, (laughs) like, that next time that you get better you go whoa this was such an improvement and then mm-hmm. you fucking build off of that but and then you um, eat your balls five years later in front yeah. of 
17 people at the pair and <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then it's a fucking up and down up and down well start all over xavier blank in the building i didn't get a chance hey. to introduce you but here you are that's me and i uh i'm pumped to have you on here dude uh binghamton's own it's binghamton binghamton connection i'm very pumped uh because as i as i want to do and as i think feel you and i have over the years is you know have some representation for where we're from man like there's a lot yeah of, there's a lot of dope shit that comes out of here and so and i hide it i don't tell anyone no, look, I am. <laughs> <I'll hide it. laughs> I will tell near a soul. No, look, does. you know, it's funny, man. Like, I was just having this real quick conversation with somebody about, like, what Binghamton, like, how Binghamton is to, like, New York City. So, like, for example, if someone were to say, I'm from New York City, and then you said, Where are you from in New York? And they say, like, Westchester. You're like, well, yeah. you're not from New York, right? Like, you're not in the five boroughs. And I said, so it's, it's, that is the exact same way as if someone said, I'm from Binghamton. And we said, where are you from in Binghamton? And they were like, uh, Vestal. Vestal, like, yeah. Like, you know what? That's not, you and I both know that's not true. Where can I send you mail? Tell me, where is, if that's not a Binghamton, New York uh, address, then I'm not trying to hear it. Well, he. Here's how smooth-brained this area is. We have Binghamton University in a completely different fucking town. This is true. This is <laughs> like our college. Our Binghamton College wasn't even good enough for inside of Binghamton. We had to put it outside the city walls. And, and uh, uh, well, look, you gotta John, protect those 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 uh, Westchester kids. Uh, well, and I would even double down on that and say that uh, there's the village of Johnson City. Ugh. Shouldn't that usually be that? villages are villages are quaint and and you know charming usually, but and uh, not, not steeped with racism no. and a failing economy. Anywho, yeah, meth face indeed. Well, look, let's uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, you have been uh, you've been behind the bar, um, and that is oh, yeah. what our show is about. So, talk to us, man. Tell us a little bit. How did you get into bartending? Tell us the early days. So. Um, I want to say 2012-ish, uh, that general time frame. Um, I had a friend who uh, who owned a bar in, uh, like, it's not nowhere near the downtown area, which if you've been to Binghamton, you know what I'm talking about. If not, our downtown area is uh, one city block. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Correct. There's, that's that's for the people who, uh, who don't work at the car wash drink. And right. um, you know, a lot of younger... I don't want to say sexy because you don't get a lot of that up here, you know. Sadly, but <laughs> I um, would say I would say a a Binghamton eight is a New York City five. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there's girls here that you know have it way better where they're at right now. Um, but you know, we, there's a lot of uh, a lot of bars kind of outside of that, you know, and and those are the ones I prefer to go to. But uh, my buddy owned one, and um, I don't know who I, I can't remember who suggested it, but um someone's like oh you should have uh xavier come in and do like a guest bartending spot because he'd right. probably just be really funny it's like yeah you know the thing about bartending is it's it's not fucking riding a bike you know right you gotta you really got <laughs> it takes a lot of time there's schools for the shit you know um <laughs> true you know so you don't just jump behind the bar and, and hope to god charm saves your balls um you know so I drunkenly agreed to it. I know that there was cocaine involved because <laughs> the conversation, the conversation was done at like three in the morning and they're like, we'll come do it tomorrow. I was like, have you ever done cocaine? There's no such thing as tomorrow doing something tomorrow. Yeah. Like I'll do it the day after. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, you pendulum, know, we, the pendulum swings very far, right? It's got to swing very far left. Yeah. It's going to be a rough day. So, um, you know, I, I agreed to do it and, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. I, 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 you know, I had known how to make the drinks I liked, which were very simple, like whiskey Coke, you know? Um, right. And that's really, it. I didn't have much experience uh, mixing or anything, but I, I come from an area where, you know, what, what you do for fun is you go to like a trailer park kegger, you know, there's no mixologists there. No. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody's shaking shit over their head like an asshole. And, um, <laughs> Can you imagine on some dirt road in Conklin, someone's got a fucking strainer? 
the the way the way people are tryhards up here, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Like I'd I'd probably go like, all right, well, there's that. But um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't walk into a place expecting one. Um, right. but. I go, I go to the bar. Uh, I don't want to give the the name of the bar out because totally um, cool. I was recently barred from there <laughs> for uh, for being too volatile. Th- those are the words he used, and I just kind of I laughed at that because I was like, "Man, you've known me for almost a decade, and you're just now." <laughs> <laughs> you just, just found out, you just found so, out my volatility right now. I've got some stories. Like I, when we get into it later, um, I'll I'll paint a very clear picture of how well this guy knows me and, and, you know, should have done this a long fucking time ago, but he waited this long. Uh, good on him for being such a patient friend, but also you'll fuck him for barring. Don't bar me in you asshole. But, um, I go there and, um, I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to just fucking show up and be a ham. You know, I'm not, right. no one's, no one's getting what they order. And then <laughs> like, I didn't know if there was going to be someone there to kind of like, you know, shadow me and help me out and be like, all right, Hey man, I don't know how to make the sex on the beach. You might need to write that one up and I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll put the fucking, the smirk on. And, the charm. Um, so I come in this fucking gold LeMay blazer. This thing is just absolutely beautiful. I love know, it. Very love intricately it. knit and, uh, it's very fancy looking shit. And, um, I go and uh, I bring a bullhorn, which nobody liked. <laughs> nobody wanted me to fucking have that thing. It was it was not uh, it was not a welcome addition to the night. But I brought it anyway, and I had learned that if you pressed a button, it would make this this god awful sound, um, okay. like Chewbacca drowning. It was like, <laughs> and um, just you know, every five minutes or so, I'd be like, "If you hear this noise, you got to drink." And really, people were just, "Hey, that noise is going out for a fucking cigarette." And uh, <laughs> so I just now, press that fucking, I'd press that button pretty constantly, and uh, that was not the highlight of the night, but it was a part of it. Now, how packed was it like when you got there? Oh fuck, know. man! You know, I think people had been expecting me mm. to be a bartender for longer than it took. Um, gotcha. Because it, it's you know you're of that ilk or you're not you know um, there's the few bartenders that are boring are working at like you know bowling alleys you know they're right they're not um, they're not whipping it up with the with the rest of the nightlife crowd but um, you know people were expecting a good time I certainly gave them a time I wouldn't call it <laughs> for everybody they showed up they got some people got what they expected some people got super annoyed and you know that's that's they the got- gamble. They got an experience. Mm-hmm. So when I had um, started, um, I made it very clear that I did not know what I was doing. And um, a lot of times someone would order, you know, people were, and, and the thing about uh, my friends, and I think just Binghamton folk in particular is there's a sense of humor here that is, um, it's unmatched to anywhere else you know everyone here is kind of a sarcastic prick and i'm fine with that you kind of get tempered in it and you learn to you learn to see it instead of getting it like if a binghamton person went to you know um fucking peter luger's right <laughs> and started ordering from the menu the the waiter would be by the end of his by the end of his shit like fucking ready to punch a wall but up here you know that kind of that attitude and the way people kind of carry themselves um it's just you laugh at it, you know. You laugh at it and you carry on. And and this night was a shining example of the patience it takes to be right. <laughs> to be a person here. Um, I had friends ordering shit that I'd never fucking heard of, and I had been drinking for a long time. Now, you know, did they do that? Do they purposely do that to fuck with you? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's the, none, none of my friends want a fucking mojito. You know, <laughs> none of my friends want a Moscow mule. <laughs> These are people that I've you know seen face a 24 pack of high life, you know, not once have I seen them drink liquor that wasn't Barton's. So (laughs) these fucking pricks are are ordering this, this bougie shit, you know, I'd hand them a Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) Push that fucking button on the bullhorn on their face and, uh, you know, skip along. But, um, it was a wild night, man. And, um, this was, this was, um, you know, if I'm speaking freely, I've had my experiences with drugs. Um, I like them personally, but, um, you know, gladly have stepped back from that shit. But back then, man, it was a free for all. And, um, 
Uh, this was one of those nights where at midnight we're like, lock the fucking doors and let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's right. get weird. And, like uh, you know, been there. yeah, we got fucking weird, man. There's people doing blow back by the dartboard and, you know, fucking smoking inside and shit. And, um, it and just now this got, is your, this is your first night of bartending. I wouldn't call bartending. This is my first night just being on that side of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> you were, yeah, technically you were on the other side of the bar with. Yeah, I spent Marty. a lot of time on, you know, the, uh, the, the spending money side of the stick. But, you know, when you're back there, it's like, oh, so this is what it's like. And, um, you know, I loved it, man. Um, you know, I think I, I'm tailor made for that kind of shit because it's, it's very quick conversation um you know the more charming you are the the more money you walk out with um the parallels to performing you know are right. are obviously there i've seen you know some of the best bartenders i've ever met are people that i that that i think should be would be the fucking funniest comics i've ever seen but um you know cuz you you have to have a thick skin you have to be able to be quick on you know on your feet and and think very sharp and sure um, sure it's it's one of those jobs that it's not, you know, it's not like you can go to BOCES and, you know, the way you learn how to wrench on a car, you could also learn to bartend. There, there's the technical side of it, um, you know, mixing the drinks. That's that's where you start. But um, the actual act of being a presence, you know, and being sure. kind of, you're kind of you're kind of the fucking the party host. You know, you're you're keeping the vibe of the night, keeping the bullshit out the door. And uh, any bullshit that slips through, you got to have an iron fist and hawk them, um, which I've done many times. Uh, the same bar where I started at, there's been a few times, which is me going back to the owner. He should have right. known. He should have fucking known better. He knew me before. He fucked up. It's his fault. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've come out from behind that bar a few times, you know, and had to get handsy. But, right. um, you know, it's it's just it's a tough job. It's a tough job that. um you know, if you like being highly annoyed in a fast paced environment and taking home cash like a stripper every night, you know, try it out. And give it a shot. And, give you know, and I, and I think that's the thing. Right. And I would think that's one of the well, let me ask you was so the money obviously comes in pretty quickly. And was the, and again, the ability to be able to do this anywhere. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it helped me when I moved to New York, I had moved to New York with a few hundred bucks and a backpack and I had no fucking clue what I was going to do. You know, I wasn't about to go work uh, on the fish market, you know, that was for sure. Um, but I had had, uh, I had about a year and a half, close to two years bartending experience under my belt when I went there and I was like, fuck it. You know, I know it's a different animal down here, right. but I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice and see. Um, and the funny thing is, the night before I left to move to New York, um, which was a, a rash decision that I made about a week before I moved, um, I told my bartender or the manager of the bar, I was like, hey, so you might need to look for a new bartender. He's like, when? I was like, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, That's funny. <laughs> so, you know, in the span of that conversation to the shift starting, I had like been like, fuck it. You know, it's my last night. It's my last night here in town. My last night bartending here. We're going to we're going to do it big. So um, I had my good buddy who has a band, you know, like old timey rock, which is always it's the perfect bar music, you know, because it's either sure. background music or your fucking mom's dancing on a table. Right. You know, there's no in between. Um so I had him and his pals come and, and, you know, they had musical on the whole night and basically blew up my friend's phones. Be like, Hey, so I know you love me. If uh, <laughs> you want to see me one last time before I go, then, you know, tonight's the night come. And that's always a cheap ploy. I sure, would say that yeah. sometimes to get people to come in on a slow night, like, Hey man, I'm fucking going to Afghanistan tomorrow. So I, <laughs> I got to uh, gig in Afghanistan. Come. Uh, yeah. So, so, out. you know, my friends, my friends came in and we probably had like throughout the night, probably like two, 200 plus people in the bar. And this is a little bar, um, you know, and the whole night I was just drinking more and more because everyone wants to give you shots. You're, you're their buddy. You're leaving. So um, people are hugging and crying. Someone brought their kid. Uh, oh, wow. No, nah, I'm joking. But <laughs> I was like, damn. It, it was well it was it was my it was my kid's mother. She was wondering where I'd been. Right. She, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, you know, 
No, but um, end of the night, man, I probably left. But, like, the money I moved to New York with was the money I made that night. You know, Shit, I made it, I, I made enough to get myself through a month that night. And um, great. It was, it's one of my favorite memories, you know, one of my fa- absolute favorite memories. Um, just because how rarely do you get everyone you know, literally every fucking person you know in the same room, everybody's happy and having a good time. No bullshit, you know, and then right. you just go, you, you leave, you leave town and go to a better place. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that you only get a few shots at that kind of, kind of memory. Um, now when I moved to New York, Oh, what's up? I was going to say, well, let me ask you, uh, let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. so what, like, other than the obvious, like, you know, I mean, we, you and I both know the difference between Binghamton life and New York city life. Mm-hmm. What would you say something like comparatively bartending in Binghamton is different or the same as in New York city? Nobody is sexy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's everybody. A- everybody looks like they they just crawled out of a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> that is uh, that that does paint that does paint the picture. Now, but New York was. Um, yeah, I mean, up here it's it's also a tough. Binghamton's a tough area, you know. People up here are roughnecks like like none other. Um, so you get you tend to get into a little more. Um, uh, of a situation where you're kind of on your toes a bit more right. uh, up here down there. Um, you know, how hard is it to scare a hipster when you're six one, not hard up here that the other person, the person on the other side of the bar might be bigger than you. <laughs> and I'm a big guy, you know, like, so there's, there's been a few times where I've been like, maybe I should just let him fucking cry this one out. And throw a <laughs> let, you know? let that roll. Yeah. Now, now what would you say is, cause you know, I've, you know, I've been doing this show. This is the 41th, 41st episode. And congrats. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm clearly as a Binghamtonian, you know, I wanted to highlight and showcase like what is the bar scene look like in Binghamton? So do you have any of those Binghamton memories from Mm. bartending? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I used to up here. You can get away with a lot of real cheeky shit because we don't get a lot of different stuff up here. It's a lot of the same wherever you go is what I'm saying. Right. Um, You know, wing nights, taco nights on Tuesday, and that's about the height of the excitement. So I would try to do things here that I couldn't do in New York or anywhere else really. Like I would have, I got the idea from uh, this bar I go to. Um, It's like a roulette wheel and you spin it, you buy, you pay three bucks, you spin it. And um, whatever it lands on is what you, you know, you got to do a shot of fucking mop water. So, you know, not mop water, but you get it. Um, The funny thing is, is it's the only bar I've ever seen this done. And that bar is in Brooklyn. And that bar in Brooklyn is a bar I'd expect to see up here. When I found it, I was like, this is home. You know, like this is is the most comfortable I've been in a fucking bar in New York since I moved here. And um, I will, I don't know if if you give a shit, if I plug bars. Um, No, absolutely. Go ahead. It's, it's called Duff's. It's it's an uh, it's off the Marcy stop on the L, uh, okay. right right around the corner from the stairs. It's my favorite bar in the fucking world. It's it's exa- it's right up my alley. Um, if you like you know punk rock and metal and stuff and you know hot chicks with knuckle tattoos, go to Duff's. That's nice. great place. But um you know I would do shit like that and it would be a good time. Um, a lot of the time my I would do Tuesdays at uh at the bar I was working out of here and I would do the double that day. So I'd go open and close, which is a painfully long day. Right. And, um, you know, during the day crowd, much different than the night crowd. The day crowd was, you know, neighborhood folk, the older guys who had nothing going on. They spent their money on hookers on pine street, uh, mm-hmm. crack and coming to drink where I bartended at 2 PM. And, uh, salt of the earth, you know, good fucking sure. dudes. <laughs> I got into it. You want to fucking buy hookers and crack, man? Just don't don't let it spill into my life negatively. <laughs> but um, negatively, <laughs> uh, you know these guys would come in. They tipped well. Uh, great conversations, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, we would sit and watch. Uh, you know, um, it's that show with the fat bald guy it goes around the world eating like uh, pig dicks and shit. Um, uh, bizarre foods with Andrew Zimmern. Okay, and um, 
he would do this. It fucking drove me nuts, but I started noticing it because we would just watch that show every Tuesday and just sit there and we'd all drink. And uh, he would do this thing where he'd eat something and he'd go, oh, like he just really enjoyed it. And that every fucking time he'd go, oh, watch the show. See exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Every time he did that, I would give, I would give out a free shot. (laughs) So everyone was hammered. We were fucking plastic by five. So, and this show would run for hours. It would run, you know, like six hour blocks of just the show back to back to back to back. So, you know, by the time the boss would come in to check the register and make sure everything was straight for the night shift, I'd be like looking at him with one eye open, like, yeah, we're good. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to have a good night, boss. Go back home. Bye. And, um, we got this under control. And then the night, the night crowd would come in and, um, you know, it would be a good time. And then uh, Mondays, I used to do stuff like Bring Your Own Vinyl Night. We'd have a DJ come in and people would bring records. Um, you know, cool shit like that. And uh, elsewhere, I think, especially in bigger cities, you find that the bar itself is more the attraction than what's going on inside of it. Right. Um, you know, and you just, you don't bump into a lot of show. A lot of nights, you just got some DJ in a corner and it's, you know, it's music you hate. And you might fuck somebody. You probably won't. And <laughs> you're definitely going to find Coke. And, yep. you know, that's that's New York drinking. That was my experience for the whole time I lived there. But I also, you know, I don't know. I kind of live on a on a different wavelength than, than others when it comes to nightlife. So, which, um, which, is all, which is all the reason why you are on this show, sir. I knew oh, yeah. there's a, you've got some stories, man. And I got a yarn or two. <laughs> so what are so what are those uh uh what are those memories uh from new york do you have any of those crazy oh, brother crazy bartending stories yes i got many so um my first job in new york was bartending um right. and it's not my technical first job but it's the first job i showed up for and stayed at um the first job i had was uh, i was just running you know for this little restaurant across the street from the first bar i worked at in new york uh i was there maybe a week fucking hated it i worked with this eastern european guy and he was the biggest pain in the fucking ass and i hated him and um i was at work one night and he, gave, he was giving me shit and i was like yeah fuck this have a good night you know good luck with your night and i left and i went across the street <laughs> and walked and sat down to drink a beer and i was like hey you guys looking for a bartender and they're like yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I got a job bartending. And um, the first first month went pretty smoothly. And then I learned very quickly um, how willing everyone in New York, especially Brooklyn, is willing to give you cocaine just because you're next to them. Um, right. You know, and when you're bartending, it's tenfold. Everybody wants you to have free drugs. So you're their buddy and you go, hey, this beer's on me, guy. Right, and um, right. I had no fucking problem with that. I was, I was cool with the whole situation. So, um, you know, uh, favorite memories as far as drinking in New York, I have, I, mean, you, I don't think your show's long enough, but um, I have uh, one time in particular, and now this is where um, I had worked as um, in production. I worked at Brooklyn Bowl. Um, I worked, you know, I was one of the stage guys, but I also helped run the show, make sure it ran smoothly and on time. Um, a lot of titles for it. Irrelevant though. Um, I worked at an awesome fucking venue. This was not bartending though. This was just me hanging out and drinking in New York and, um, working there, you get perks. Like you get in any show for free. You just gotta let them know you're coming. And, um, I had gone to Slick Rick's birthday party. He does a, he has his birthday party there every year. Um, and the you know being the production guy you get to know security and all those big shaved gorillas and um you know we're all buddy buddy so i was like hey man you want to let me go upstairs and meet slick rick he's like yeah go on so I get up there and fucking you walk in you remember you ever see wayne's world yeah yeah of course it's like that scene where they go back and meet aerosmith <laughs> and they're, mm-hmm. like, they're like cool for a minute and then they're like we're not we're it was a lot like that. And, um, you know, <laughs> I was wearing that same gold lame blazer that I wore my first night bartending ever. And, uh, slick Rick complimented me on my blazer. And oh, I was shit. like, yeah, I was you, like, cool, you gotta man. Keep that. Uh, well, I lost it in the, uh, in one of my various moves, but, um, 
I smoked a joint with fucking Slick Rick, got a sweet picture with him. We did the jail pose uh, on my request. And I'll send you this, I'll send you this picture. I don't know if you can work it in somehow, thumbnail oh, yeah. or whatever, but I've got a picture of me doing a jail pose with Slick Rick and we were both high to the tits. And um, yeah, great night, man. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I met Biz Marquis one night working there. Uh, he is a simple, simple man. That's the best way I'm going to put it, but one of the nicest guys. I'd bump into Questlove every Thursday, like, leaving well, work. He used to yeah. spin there. He used to spin uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, yeah, Thursday nights, nights, right? Yeah, Biz Marquis would take over for him sometimes. Sometimes you get someone else in there. But, yeah, fucking Questlove, super nice guy, too. One of my favorite drummers. Um, oh, shit, man. Yeah, so, that's a great job. So, now, when you uh, – so, did Slick Rick uh, have his entourage with him, or was he kind of – Oh, that room, that room was full of scary black guys, dude. Like just front to back, scary black guys. Makes and, sense. Uh, yeah, but they had they were all eating cake. <laughs> you know, hey. you think to walk into a room with Slick Rick and his cronies <laughs> in there, it's like you know, fucking Enjoying. people people polishing guns on the table. It's a bunch of fucking dudes eating cake, and the cake they were eating was made by this girl I was sleeping with in Staten Island. She's a cake decorator. Oh, and nice. she sent me a picture like two days before. She's like, yo, I just made Slick Rick's birthday cake. And then I sent her a picture of me with Slick Rick. I was like, yeah, no, we're eating a bitch. Yeah, it was a great night, man. man. That was one of my, one of my favorite, uh, favorite memories of uh, drinking out in New York. And I was fucking, I was, I was good and flustered. Uh, I didn't walk in there sober, you know, because you got to you gotta kind of loosen up before you're about to go meet, you know, a fucking the, hip-hop icon. The God. On his birthday, no less. Completely uninvited. Yeah, you kind of it's, like, it's not like anyone in the room knew me. Like, oh shit, Xavier, what's going on? In? It's like <laughs> you know, I kind of got that look right. The record scratches and people are sucking their teeth. Like, who's this fucking guy? But yeah, it was cool, man. That's... That was New York, man. A lot, a lot of my time down there was was shit like that. You know, I, I'm very lucky. Now, uh, let me ask you. Uh, earlier, you said that you uh, you had to come out from behind the bar and uh, bounce some people. So. Oh yeah. Do you, do you re, tell tell us a little bit about one of those exchanges you had? If you remember any of those? Well, I'm never far from a weapon. You know, <laughs> that's, just, that's my upbringing. Like I shit you not. Like I'm in bed right now, and look at this. I keep this between my mattress. I can't. I can't. Wow. Is that a crowbar? I, oh, that's a no. That's a machine. Oh, that's a machete. Yeah, I keep it tucked between my mattress so I can, you know, just in case someone kicks my door open and tries to suck my dick or something. Um, <laughs> I keep, you never I know. Keep, yeah, you're fucking a crazy world. You know but, what? Um, that's that's funny you say. I don't know if that's like a Binghamton thing, but like I definitely keep the keep the bat by the bed. Like same vibe, yeah. same vibe, because yeah. you never know. You but never anyway, fucking, and I I live on Fayette Street too. Like so oh, you know Fayette Street. Yeah, I moved I to Fayette so. Yeah, so this isn't it's it's not uh, unreasonable to have that. No. But, um, I used to bring, um, you know, anything I could kind of just keep tucked behind the bar. Um, and uh, the the bar I worked at at, at the time in the story I'm telling, uh, they had this perfectly adorable pink bat, um, just kind of tucked away. And there was a night I I always go back to the Eastern European thing when I tell bar store bar bar bartending uh, stories because in Brooklyn you get a lot of that, and I'm not uh, you know bigoted uh, bigoted against uh, um, Eastern Europeans, just the men. Uh, mm. <laughs> the women are great; they're beautiful, but the men are are just it, it's that guy. It's it's that guy at the party that's had too much to drink and he thinks he's a fucking UFC fighter. Interesting. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um. Yeah, we. I just had one night where a guy was in the bar, and people are trying to play pool. Very peaceful game. It's it's fucking it's bed, it's uh, Bushwick, you know. Yeah. You don't you don't have a lot of Jean Claude Van Dams walking through the door. It's just a bunch of fucking skinny boys. It stink. And um, <laughs> they're playing pool, and this fucking guy and his buddies, man, they're in there, and I could already tell it's like they came in drunk. So that's one thing I always look for when people sit down. Was like what kind of a pain in the ass are you going to be tonight? You know what I mean? And it just takes, sure. it takes long enough time behind the bar working. You, you learn to, to process that shit very quickly. And, um, this guy was like, this, this guy's going to be a fucking problem tonight calling it. And sure shit. He was there maybe 20 minutes and he goes over to the pool table and he's, he starts trying to rack a new game. And, um, 
you know, anyone that's been to a bar worth going to, you know, there's a fucking list. You put your name on it and you'll wait your turn like a normal person. Right. And this guy just, this guy felt like he was, you know, absolved of all rules. And he, um, you know, kept trying to butt his way into games. And like I said, these are all very mild mannered, you know, scared little Brooklyn boys. And this guy was, this guy was not that. And, um, you know, he starts fucking with people. And this is where I got, you know, I'm like, all right, man, look, dude, like if you're being a dick, finish your drink and go, which isn't unreasonable. You know, at least I'm going to let you finish. your drink. You get, you get an out, you get an yeah. out. Like I'm giving you, you an here's, out. Here's your fucking out. Take it. Um, and you know, he fucking sat there, looked me dead in the face, chugged his drink, set it down. And then it's Brooklyn. So there's candles on the bar because it's Brooklyn and, um, picks up a candle and just dumps it onto the bar. <laughs> oh it's, Jesus! It, this whole this all happened in the span of like 15 seconds and as soon as he sets it back down i was just like fuck this guy i reach under the bar and i just pull the bat out and slash it on like smack it on the bar and uh i was like leave and he left so um shit yeah there's not that was, that was brooklyn brooklyn it, it did not take much to get someone correct um up here up here is where i've had to come out from the, behind the bar and actually like punch people as as someone who has been on the consumption side of binghamton bars and new york city bars yes you are going to punch someone at a bar in binghamton before yeah. you punch someone in new york but go on yeah new york i've had two fights you know two fights in new york the whole time i lived there uh one of them was a south african diplomat's son whooped his ass <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I got pictures of that too. My friend is a EMT and she was the responding EMT for that call because he called the ambulance because he lost the fight he started. Like ah, of course, of course. But she's my name came up and she's like, I just started laughing and no one knew why. And I was like, that's wonderful. And then she sent me a picture of his face and he's his fucking shit was all busted. But up here, the owner's best friend's brother oh, had come best- into the bar. Got it. The owner of the bar, his best friend's brother, uh, had okay. come in, and I don't know. I don't know if he was going through a divorce or something, but he was just being a prick. And um, you know, they came to the point where it's like, all right, man, you know, I've had enough of you. Everyone else has had enough of you. You got to go. And um, he tried to pull one of those like, do you know who I am? Things. It's like you're in Binghamton. No one knows who you fucking are, dude. Yeah. No one. Like. <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't yeah, even matter. Even if I did, are. I wouldn't care. You still got to leave. You know, you're it gonna, you're gonna leave anyway. So uh, he didn't want to go, and he, you know, he 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 said the one thing that I hate hearing from anyone. It's like make me, oh boy, <laughs> like, you, you know, I will. I'll All right, I'll try. And um, yeah, I came out from behind the bar, and this dude was keyed up. He was ready to go. Like you know, sure, and, sure. And it's one of those things that doesn't happen often, you know, especially with a loudmouth. Loudmouths aren't aren't the type to run nope. their mouth and then put up behind it. But yeah, this guy, to his credit. Yeah, he was ready to fucking throw down, and uh, man, we got into it. Furniture fell over. No sure. shit. Um, yeah, yeah, it was an it was an ugly fight, but um, it was one of those things that afterwards he understood that he fucked up in so many words. <laughs> right. And uh, he left. He left very peacefully after that. After but the, the owner. Yeah, yeah. The owner of the bar watched the whole thing, and um, I'll never forget it because, like, after he walks out, I go back behind the bar. I was like, "What do you have?" <laughs> I went right to a customer and the owner comes over. He's like, you can't just beat up customers. <laughs> so I was like, well, clearly I can. You yeah. Know, like I just I, did. I just did and, that. Um, and also like, that's not like unprovoked. Like no, th- yeah. he wasn't like, it wasn't as if like there was just a customer sitting there and you were like, you know what? That's the guy to beat up. I'll be yeah. right back. You well, we don't, I mean? we didn't have bouncers, you know, this was kind of like a, if you're here, you're everything, you know, I was the cook bartender and the fucking door guy, um, right. you know, so you kind of, if, if, if it comes to that, I'm far too busy to let this guy keep, you know, pushing and pushing, you know, it's got to end quick so I can finish doing my job for everyone else. And, um, yeah. And then the funny thing is, you know, we're friends, we're friends now, you know, oh, I, yeah. I see him all the fucking time and we're butts. It's one of those things that I've been that guy, you know, I've been a testy little fucking prick too. Right. And, you know, if you don't expect that in this, in this industry, then you're, you're in the wrong industry. you have to be ready for that kind of shit all the time. Um, you know, and there's been, you know, there's been nights where I've been out and you see, you know, a five foot two little cutie bartender. She's just trying her best to get through the night and guys are being assholes and stuff. 
um, you see it happen to them far more than you do a guy my size, you know, like, sure. right. you know, and that's, that's the ugly side of it is that, um, the women in this industry have to be tougher than the guys, you know, right. hands down when female bartenders are some of the most tough fucking like, you know, unbreakable people I've, I've known. Well, I mean, and it's like opportunity, right? Like they see you, they're not yeah. going to more than likely not try and fuck with you versus again, the five, three mm-hmm. bartender who you can, they can, they can try and muscle around. Right. Oh, yeah, You could steal, you could steal on them all day, but um, you know, luckily the bars that I've been to where you see that kind of shit, the regulars handle it or the, or the, or the bouncer comes in and you get, you get chucked pretty quick. But right. um, up here, all the female bartenders are working with a, you know, where all the horny college kids go. Um, yeah. And those are bars where you have at least five door guys, five bouncers that don't put up with much. Um, but sadly, in that climate, you know, you don't always know who you're hiring. So you get five meatheads and their job is to, you know, basically crack skulls. You're, you're bound to draw out a few scumbags. And uh, one sure. bar in particular here has has quite a few Dillingers. I think you remember a few years ago when that door guy outed himself as a fucking racist. I do remember that <laughs> on, video. On, video. Yeah, on, on video. video. I remember I, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing, man. It's an ugly, it's an ugly business. Um, if you want money fast, you know, and, and you can handle uh nightlife and you can handle being around people like that often. And th- at that volume, go for it, you know, because it'll definitely, I've met some of my best friends through that shit, you know, and right. when I talk to every day and people I'm going to know for the rest of my life, um, you know, just through bartending, you know, and I don't, I, I don't get that with comedy. I don't get that with music or art. Bartending is where I met most of the people I know now and that I'm happy to call a friend, but um, you know, I've also been a little more well-traveled than, than most bartenders, especially ones up here. You know, I've bartended in Georgia, uh, bartended in New York, bartended up here you know it's it's kind of been an all over the map thing but right um i have mostly good experiences you know a lot of a lot of fun nights it's a fun job too you know you get a lot of pussy (laughs) you you can pull a lot of strains out of there that is for sure yeah and brooklyn too like yeah i'm a shoe-in dude yeah i was gonna you have the look you have the aesthetic it's it's there So, well, look, you know, uh, Xavier, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing your story, man. You got, you got, and I definitely, you ever want to come back, man, we'd love to have you on here, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude, for some, sure. You have some good shit that, uh, and I know this is only scratching the, uh, the tip of the iceberg here for sure. There's, there's so much bullshit. We'll have to do a three part series. Uh, I I'm forgot the it. questions you, you had asked me well, earlier. We're gonna, we're gonna get into it right now. Uh, I was going to write them down, but I did, yeah, you moved too quick. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. Uh, so we're in our next segment, right, which is called Questions for Our Guests. Now, these are five questions that we ask each of our guests who come on the show about life as a bartender. So, Xavier, here we go. Question number one. What is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? That it's like Coyote Ugly. Mm-hmm. you know a lot of people think that you're bartending you're up on the bar squirting people with the soda hose like you know sure. white t-shirts and titties wet and it's you know a lot of the time it's uh you get some guy at the end of the bar that wants speedies and you know, <laughs> an ipa and then they go home that's it but, uh yeah um there there's more there's more lull than there is you know Hi. party gotcha uh, um, the party stuff is there it's just you got to be in the right bar. You got to be the right bartender, right customers, et cetera. It's a perfect storm of fun. Gotcha. All right. Question number two, what is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? $90. There was this drunk guy and his wife. Uh, This was at the bar I worked at in Brooklyn. Um, It was right around Christmas time. Everyone else on the staff had flown home to see their families. I was the only one who wasn't going anywhere. So I ate shift after shift during Christmas season, which is the worst fucking time of year to be a bartender. Cause anyone that's in a bar during Christmas time is miserable. Correct. <laughs> they were, if correct. they had anything else to do you know, that made them happy, they'd be doing that. But, um, this couple came in, they were lovely people. Uh, I had no problems with them the whole night. The rest of the bar was full of assholes. Uh, these people sat and drank and drank and drank. And the more they drank, 
the more sloppy they got, which is what happens. Um, yeah. And it was to the point to where they were like damn near fucking on the bar. And I just kind of had to delicate be like, hey, guys, listen, uh, we have a lovely outback area. No camp. <laughs> you got bathrooms, yeah. cabs. You just stick your hand out and they'll get you. Um, right. But, you know, they just they just decided to walk home because they were close. And um, this is one of those guys that will just slap, you know, a stack of money on the bar. And you just take it as you go to pay for everything. And um, they got up, said thank you, good night, and left. And um, they left this big fucking pile of money on the bar. And it ended up being like 90 bucks. And I was like, yeah. this motherfucker spent like, you know, $50 that's awesome. So that was a great tip for sure. But, um, it's not the best tip I've got. It's the most amount of money I've got. The best tip I ever got is, is and will always be free drugs. <laughs> nothing, nothing beats that. If, I, if you're a bartender and you like that shit and you get it instead of a tip, you're going to spend your money on it anyway. There it that's is. Bullshit. There it is. Right in your hands. Perfect. All right. Question number three, what's your pet peeve of a customer? What's the one thing when you go to the bar, Xavier's behind the bar. Don't do it in front of him. If you see the bar is full and then I'm dealing with someone else, getting their drink, taking an order. Don't snap. Don't go, Hey, hey, excuse me. None of that shit. Some you're going to fucking wait longer than everybody. Even when I'm not dealing with people, I'll sit and pick my fucking fingernails before I come to you. I hate that shit. Don't be a rude asshole. Wait your fucking turn. You heard it here. Wait your turn. Wait your motherfucking turn. All right. Question four. If you owned a bar, what would you name it? Live nude women. <laughs> I love it. Live nude women. Yeah. Uh, LNW. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and if they're there, they're there. If they're not, <laughs> then yeah, you, better, you better bring your own. It's going right. to draw two crowds, you know, women that want to get naked and dudes that want to see that shit. And uh, win, win, there's that there's only wins here. Yeah. All right. Final question. What is your favorite drink? What is Xavier like? I, I have um, a soft spot for old fashions. Mm. You know, okay. I just, I like them. I like them a lot. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I go for the Boilermaker almost every time, beer in a shot, you know, that's, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm very plain in my tastes. Uh, so I would say if I had to pick one or the other Boilermaker, cause it's, you know, it's the one, two punch, man, you know, and you don't, you only need a few to get loose. So there it is. Yeah, yeah. you really do. Like they're not, you know, it's I, for me three and it's time to go. Yeah. I keep it very simple. Part, I love it. All right. So those are our questions for our guest. All right. And now we're going to get into what I consider to be my favorite part of the show, which is what were you drinking now? Yeah, this is, uh, again, this is so much fun. Now, as you know, as a fellow Binghamtonian, uh, my timeline, my Facebook and Twitter timeline is pretty fucking messy. So that being said, there are people who post things that I can only assume that they were drunk when they posted it. So that being said, I am going to read one of those. And you, as a bartender, having seen people drunk on so many different things, can help us diagnose what were you drinking. All right. So here we go. Wish I was important enough to the people who are supposed to love me, but don't. It's all good. I won't ever let myself get fooled again. All right. Off the bat, this is clearly someone that's definitely going to let themselves get fooled again. (laughs) If you're making a post like that, it's happened a hundred times and you're sick of it, but a hundred one is not out of the question. Um, That's whiskey right there. That's whiskey. That's a a whiskey. That's a whiskey cry for help. If I've ever heard one. Mm hmm. I think you are absolutely right. Yeah. Um, on both fronts that it is not only whiskey, but also, yes, you will get fooled again. Oh, they're going uh, down, dude. That's it's no, <laughs> no question because, uh, now people know, Oh, I can fool him. Got it. Yeah. Sounds like something I'd fucking post at like 3am. <laughs> well, this is not you. I promise Thank you that. You. Yeah. I'm not on uh, Twitter. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, that was, uh, what were you drinking? It is a uh, whiskey and a fool, uh, 
they uh, are pretty synonymous. Uh, foolish whiskey, uh, whiskey fool, etc. So that is going to do it for us. Uh, Xavier, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, of uh, course, man. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. This is uh, this is always such a fun ride, and I'm glad I got to uh, glad we got to chop it up. Uh, yeah, it's been it's, too long, man. Stay in touch, you know. Absolutely, man. For sure, you know it. When next time I'm back up uh, up in Binghamton, I'm gonna reach out. Well, not if I see uh, you first. I'm coming. I'm moving back. Actually, are you coming back? Yes, sir. It's time. Oh, dope. Come yeah. on back, man. The water's warm. Come on <laughs> I in. I bet it is. I bet it is. So, um, is there anything you want to plug uh, before we get out of here? Um. Yeah, actually, uh, I've been selling art for the last year. Uh, art that I make, not art that other people make, to clarify. Uh, I have an Instagram handle. It's, it's that or Facebook. Those are my only means of uh, promotion. So if you follow me, it's on Instagram at Xavier Blank Canvas, all one word. Um, yeah, that's where I post all my shit. And uh, right now, not taking any commissions until probably two, three weeks out because I'm pretty backed up. But um, yeah, you can just send me a message. Uh, if you want something, if you see something you like, if it's for sale, grab it. If not, just fucking look and enjoy it. You know, that's the point of all this. Um, other than that, yeah, living a pretty quiet life. Nothing to mention. There, well, you know, I got to say, uh, as a someone who does enjoy art, uh, as you can see with uh, Wu-Tang behind me, uh, oh, yeah. I do. Uh, you, you're a very talented dude. So if you're listening... Of course, man. If you listen, go support Xavier. He's a very talented dude. You're going to love his work. You just did some Golden Girl shit, no? Yeah. Um, so the tattoo shop I go to up here, um, you know, this is this is a high honor for me. They they ordered, uh, I posted it and they ordered it, the set, and um, they just actually ordered a second set uh, from a TV show called What We Do in the Shadows, which is fucking hysterical. Um, so I got two sets going to the shop now, which I'm, you know, pretty blown away and that just paid my rent for two months. So that's awesome, man. Congratulations, yeah. Dude. Yeah, dude. So like I said, please go support him. Uh, Xavier blank canvas on Instagram. Uh, so please reach out to him. Um, and you know, that's going to do it for us. Uh, again, if you want to find the show, uh, open bar talk at gmail.com, uh, open bar talk across all social media, rate review, subscribe. That is very important. Uh, you know, that is how people find the show is through you supporting it. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at gymsearchcomedy.com. Go on all social media, find me at gymsearch. That is the way that works. Uh, and you know, look, make sure you put a water between each drink and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Good.